Well, St. Paul Saints. St. Paul Saints? Believe it. This is before they were the AAA team. This was uh, this is a throwback uni back in the day. Yeah, that's solid up there, man. They always did a great job, dude. You ever just go to a game just to hang out? I know you don't like in indie ball or minor league ball. I did, I did not. I heard the stadium is amazing, but when I was there, I did not. Got it. Okay. You know what? We are so busy today. We don't have time to talk about Trevor Story or Trey Mancini uh, opting in for the home run derby. We don't even have time to talk about another Schwarbaum last night because it, we've talked about it every day since it seemingly has happened every day for about the last three weeks. We don't have time for that stuff. You know what we do have time for? We have time for what happened on the south side of Chicago last night. First inning, Josh Donaldson takes Lucas Giolito deep as he crosses home plate. You can hear him say... Here, once again... No more sticky stuff. Now, Giolito didn't hear it at the time, but after the game, somebody brought it to his attention. He was not happy. He went off. He's a pest. Uh... You know, that's kind of a classless move. If you're going to talk talk to my face. We won the W's next to my name there in last place. How do you see this whole thing? Man, I'm struggling with it, Chris. I got to be honest with you. I like both of these guys. Mm -hmm. uh, closer with Giolito, obviously. I just see it as like kind of two alpha males meeting up, you know. Like this is not the end of it. This is, seems like it's going to be the beginning of it. You know, they're going to face each other more. Uh, Lucas is obviously an incredible pitcher, and Josh rakes the White Sox. I think um, I saw a stat today. He's among active players. He's got the second-best OPS against the White Sox, only behind Mike Trout, because obviously. Um, so, like, you know, they're just trash-talking. I think Gio probably won round one with the comeback, you know, like telling him I got the W next to my name and you guys are in last place. Like, that's pretty good. <laughs> It's a pretty good one, Lucas. So I'm going to give him round one, but I just don't think that this is going to like it's going to keep going. Like Josh, from what I know about Josh, he can he can have that chip on his shoulder and kind of you know hold that grudge. So uh -huh. uh, I, I expect this to continue to go on. So a few things here. Lucas Giolito is scheduled to appear on the Rose rotation. I'm taping with him at the end of the week. It will air on Monday. Usually I text him after a solid performance like last night. After watching his press conference, I just said. I'll see you Friday, pal. Don't worry. <laughs> it'll be all good. Um, so here's the thing I would say about Josh Donaldson. He came out during the whole sticky stuff when it, when it first became real public this year. And he said, but I've got a whole book. Yeah. Where's the book? Like, where's the book? I would like to know. Like, enough with the, here's what I'm saying, I'm going to say. And just say it. Just come out. If you've got a grievance to air, say it. But... He did not talk last night to the media. Apparently, he was getting treatment. He is scheduled to talk this afternoon before the game. So I'm sure we'll be talking on this show about what he says today <laughs> on tomorrow's show. Because Josh Donaldson doesn't, usually doesn't mince words. So somebody no, he does not. If you're a good media member, you should ask him, hey, Josh, a few weeks ago, you said, I've got a whole book. Are you, are you ready to name names? I mean, he put it out there. He'll probably just say, go to baseball, Savant, and you can look it all up. Okay, if that's your answer, that's your answer. But if you do come out and say it, it's not like he was misquoted. He put it out on Twitter. Yeah. Under, you know, under uh, Bringer of Rain, 20. He was the one that said it. I've got names. And if you're talking about a certain guy that you might have faced last night, I think that's what Giolito was saying. Like, say something to my face instead of, 
run past home plate and do your little thing to your dugout. That's what I think. That's how I interpreted it. I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe Josh is going to come out with like a literal book today and just start reading names at his right? press conference. Uh, if so, we'll be leading the show with this about 24 hours. From now. <laughs> or it could be what Shohei Otani does in New York. Three homers so far in two games, a major league leading 28. And on Wednesday night, he takes the mound at the boogie down. So will New York's offense bring him back down to planet Earth, or will he continue to be in a baseball stratosphere we've never seen before? I mean, chances are they're not going to bring him down to Earth, Chris. I mean, <clears throat> they have a team OPS plus of 99, which is like right above average just because offense is down so much this year. It's actually at 97 is average. So they're an average offensive team in that regard. Uh, they're 23rd in the, in the league in runs scored. So I don't see them bringing him down to earth. The one thing they can do is they can walk. They're second in the league in walks. Shohei does give up some walks. So they can yeah. clog the bases. But guess what else they lead the league in? Or they're second in the league, one behind the Astros and grounded into double plays. So, right. like, I don't see Shohei getting brought down to earth. He looks like he's very comfortable in New York, crushing the ball. And uh, I expect him to have a pretty good start tonight. He is going to hit again. So we will soon – hit second in the lineup, which is good because for our home run pick, we've been picking Otani the last several days, and we haven't had to move off of him because he just keeps adding to our stash. Which Believe is it. I want to read to you what has gone on with Shohei Otani the last 13 games. He has homered in nine of them. He has hit two homers in a game twice. He has made two starts in those 13 games, going six innings in each, giving up one run each, and striking out a combined 14 batters. Folks, I say it every day. We don't make a big enough deal about it. J.J. Watt goes more crazy about it than some of the baseball media that covers him. Appreciate what the hell we're seeing. I don't understand it. I love every minute of it. I don't miss an at-bat. Neither does my 15-year-old son, who, although he is a big-time baseball player, would rather go play video games than watch a lot of the baseball. And he says, Dad, Shohei's up. Let's full screen it. So let's go. Yeah, okay. we talked about this yesterday. He's a superstar. He's a rock star. And, rock and we star. won't be able to fully conceptualize what he's doing, I think, until after the year. We sit back and we think, holy shit, like this is – look at this body of work he just produced in one season. I, I told you he was going to be the MVP a long time ago. Yes, and he did. There's no doubt in my mind if he just stays healthy, he'll he'll be it. Because he's – I mean, he, uh, he has an outside chance. I saw this also on Twitter. He has an outside chance to establish the greatest – uh, war season of all time if he continues the way he's doing. Is it going to happen? I don't know. Like, there's going to be some – there's got to be some bumps in the road, right? You can't yeah. – we can't expect this guy to just to be like this the whole time. So, we'll see. I really want – I mean, and, but he has dealt with adversity already, so it's not like he hasn't dealt with it. Like, he had the TJ. He struggled a little bit. Like, now this is him his his coming out party, man. Dude, he's, he's amazing. And even in the last – he made the last out of the game – and he almost beat the ball to first base. It's yeah, fast, too. Ball, like, he's freaking fast. Dude. It's ridiculous. Save a little talent for the rest of us out there, show. Hey, we got to catch a Shohei freaking home run derby ball. We have to. We just got our seats to the home run derby. I think we're in, like, center field, left center field, so we're looking good. It's going to be a ton of fun. We can't wait to bring you all the content out there in Denver in less than two weeks. Uh, speaking of Denver, Herman Marquez a pinch-hit ninth-inning single away from a Rockies no-no. It would have been the eighth no-hitter this season, which would have been a single-season record. Scale of 1 to 10, how bummed were you he did not get it? Like a 2? I don't know. Like, oh. look, I love no-hitters. I'm not hating on 
uh, Marquez. He's an excellent pitcher. I love watching him pitch. But I also like watching, like, Kai Tom break it up. Like, that's fun. Like, breaking up no hitters mm-hmm. is one of the funnest things you can do as a hitter. And, you know, throwing a no hitter is one of the funnest things you can do as a pitcher. So, like, both are equally as exhilarating to me. I- you know, so I, I, I liked, especially a guy like that coming in, breaking it up, nice clean single. I think that's yeah. important. You don't want some BS hit. So, clean single. You have to look at it from both sides. Like the hitters no, love to break up no hitters, and pitchers love to throw them. So I, I, I think it's, you know, it's just part of the game, man. I no, I, I thought that <laughs> when Trevor Story made that leaping play, I was like, okay, it's happening. Do you know it would have been the first Rockies no hitter in the history of that park? There's been a few against them, but that would have been the first one for them. And in a year where they they had so little to cheer about, right? They started the off season by trading away Nolan Arenado, face of the franchise. They've been miserable. They're down basically at the bottom with the exception of Arizona there in the NL West. And for Marquez, in the month of June, he's been nuts. His last three starts, he's allowed one run on four combined hits. In June, four and one with a sub-three ERA with four of his six starts coming at Coors Field. By the way, he's 26 years old. Teams better be calling him. Oh, yeah. Calling the Rockies about him. He's in the middle of a five-year, $43 million deal. Very, you know, very fair for a guy of his caliber. He's not a huge strikeout guy, but he will give you innings and he'll give you the ability to win. So I thought he was fantastic. He was fantastic. I don't take anything away from his performance. In fact, like I would have been happy. You're for such him. a hitter. You're such a hitter. I would have been happy if he threw the no hitter. I'm just saying, like it's also exhilarating to a break up the ten. I've done. I used to do that all the time. I feel like I was pretty good at that. I broke up a few no hitters late in the games. So. Ever in the ninth. Felix, I broke up late one day. I forget. Well, I don't think it was in the ninth, but okay. got to give credit to the hitters, man. I, I do. I thought Tom. I, the hardest thing to do in this sport, they always tell me, is come off the, the bench cold and uh, come off the bench cold. So, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the kid. He did a great job. You know, I mean, he's a guy that's trying to establish himself. I just wanted to see the no hitter for a Colorado Rocky guy. That's why I'm wearing the lid. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Thank you. All right, so the Dodgers, they swept the mini two-game set against NL West leading San Francisco. Is that a bigger story than Max Muncy continuing to own the Giants? I think it is. You know, when I look at the situation, it's like the Giants are a really good swimmer in the ocean, and they have a point they're trying to get to, and they're good. They can swim. But then there's the shark in the water. And it's, it's, it's behind them. It's just gaining a little, a little, a little bit. The Dodgers are coming, man. You know, like as good as the Giants have been all season long, the Dodgers are a game and a half back now. And they're, you know, they're not slowing down. They're not going to slow down. They're not going to, they're not going to go into a huge rut. They're not going to lose six, seven in a row. Like they had that already. Like they're, they're going to continue to go and, it's going to be up to the Giants to keep pace. That's my. That's just how I feel, man. So, like, I hope they do. I hope it's a race all season long. But yeah. the Dodgers are – what does Thanos say? Like, I'm inevitable. Like, the Dodgers are inevitable. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I still think the Dodgers win that division. I still think the Padres finish second. But I, I have come around. I don't think the Giants are going anywhere. Gossman admitted he didn't even have his best stuff. He thought he was going to get pounded last night. He did not. And it was just another fantastic close game between these two rivals. With all that being said, Max Muncy, seven homers in nine games against the Giants this year. It's Schwarber-esque, if you will. And on top of that, it was Max Muncy 
go get the ball out of the ocean bobblehead night. Yeah, it was. Now, that's pretty damn cool. That is not cool. That, not that there's an ocean right next to Chavez Ravine in Dodger Stadium where they play, but that would have been awesome if, it, if they had moved the stadium <laughs> down there just for a night. So Move the stadium down there? Yeah, just for a night. You know, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have taken much. I love it. I mean, look this this is this is this is what baseball is all about, man. Like yeah. these are this is a real rivalry. It is, and it's going to come down to it. I like that. All right, let's uh, let's pick up the pace. Hector Santiago uh, he is appealing the ten game suspension for having rosin on his glove. We found out yesterday they did not even give a look at the glove. They went by the umpire's report because it says in the rule book that if you have rosin on your glove, then whatever punishment is out there will stick. No pun intended. What do you think of this? I think it's really hard to not have rosin on your glove if you're putting it on your hand and touching a ball and putting the ball in your glove. I just don't think that's like a – doesn't make any sense to me. How can you but not Travis, have rosin? It's the rule book. It's rule 6.02. <laughs> you can't have any rosin on your glove. We can't adjust things. Yeah. Look, man, they got to figure this out. Like, what they're doing now is it's okay – like, this in particular instance is not okay. Like, if there's a little bit of rosin on your glove, like, if they test it and there's rosin on your glove, no suspension, comes back, they should have the roster spot, all this stuff. Like, this, it's so stupid. Like, you can just go to a lab, test the substance. If it's, an, if it's a legal substance, fine. If it's an illegal substance, you're gone. It's not that hard, man. Like, taking the umpire's word for it because he said it's sticky, guess what rosin is? It's so sticky. So <laughs> if they had tested the glove... And it yeah. came back, and it was just rosin, which is legal, but it's illegal to have rosin on your glove. Would you be okay with the ten game suspension? No, because I think it's a dumb rule. You get well, your, but you're, you're, you're not going to open up the rule book. You know that they're not because that would that would require them to open up the collective <laughs> bargaining agreement, which you know that the owners don't want to do right now. I mean, the players agreed to this set of rules, so you know that that's not going to happen, right? Look, I I understand that, but you're asking me if I agree with it, and I do not. I think there's going like it doesn't make any sense. Like just because there's an obscure rule that was agreed to in the CBA, it's been around for forever, so it probably wasn't even talked about. You know, no, like it's a dumb rule. Like change the freaking rule, dude. I think that for the this is a perfect example of Major League Baseball just wanting to put it on a player and just say, hey, we got somebody. It's working. Look at all the spin rates. Those are down. We got to play. Like, yes. Uh, I, think it, I think it is obviously working what they're doing. They're bringing the spin rates down. Guys aren't being able to use the spider tacks and the pelican grips and all the mixtures they're using. It's working in that regard. But, like, have a little common sense with it, too. Like, oh. <laughs> rosin is, is there. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I know it's, it's a lot to ask for them to use some common sense, but I'm, just, I'm, still, again, I'm still begging for it. It's uh... – this is painful. I feel for Hector Santiago because some people say, oh, he's a cheater. He should know better. He freaking got rosin on his glove. Now, whether he put it there intentionally or he just caked himself up on Sunday because it was so hot and sweaty on the south side, who knows? But really, is if the whole idea is to prevent guys from getting an advantage, let's really think about this for a second. Do we think Hector Santiago got a massive advantage based on what he did to his glove? And if the answer is no then he should not be penalized and his team should not be penalized because we're putting players' health at risk by taking a team a man down. And Chris, this is the third time he got checked, right? I believe it was. So we can go and look at the first two innings. Let's check what his spin was. Let's go to the third inning where they took his glove and said, oh, it's sticky now. Let's look at that inning. Were there any jumps? If there wasn't, 
Let the guy live, man. Let him be I know. A it's horrible. I'm not a fan of it. All right. Uh, let's go from fan to fam, as in Tommy fam. Apparently, there was some sort of incident. I haven't seen it caught on camera last night in Cincinnati, but fam was asked about something that went on during the game, and he said, I had some some fans, you know, yelling at me, F you fam, F you fam. And, you know, I just don't, that, that's my issue that I have. You know, I, I don't believe that should be tolerated uh, in, a, in a baseball stadium. You know, when, when you start cursing at me, it's one thing um, different from, you know, fam sucks, you know, that that's a, that's a perfectly acceptable, but just, you know, the, the curse words I, I have a problem with. Where do you sit on this? It sucks when you're out there and people are – I mean, I've been – I didn't play a lot of outfield, but I played some at Yankee Stadium. That wasn't fun for me. Uh, you try to, you know, tone it down or tone it out as much as you can, but you obviously hear that stuff. And I think it's coming to the forefront, you know, because some things happen in basketball where there's – fans mm -hmm. are very vocal and on top of you in basketball. They're not so close to you in baseball. Um, but it is. Like, his point is true. Like, you would never say that to me to my face, ever ever so there's like this mob mentality thing and you know i'm like he said it's okay for you to come and, and and rag on the opposing team fine but just you know let's let's have some decency with it like we're a modern society you don't need to like this isn't like freaking coliseum in roman times dude like let's you can you can be you can figure some things out to say without saying like f you and all the other stuff i mean they trust me i've heard a lot of things about my family and what they you know <laughs> there's some bad places out there you yeah. hear it all but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it's right so i will admit when i was 17 years old we had uh season tickets to the cleveland cavaliers game and we were about 16 rows up section 131 row t seats 15 and 16 and we had a big rivalry with the detroit pistons i got up and yelled as a 17 year old high school senior lame bear you fucking pussy and everybody turned around and my buddy who was with me at the game was like what is the matter with you? And I was like, oh, God. I sat down and I slumped in my chair. And all I could think about was, thank God my parents weren't with me. <laughs> Seriously. And it was the last time I ever raised my voice in an athlete's direction ever again. I didn't know I was going into this business. But, yeah. And this isn't like Chris Rowe's dad talking. It's Chris Rowe's human being talking. Yeah. Right? Just imagine if that was your friend, your brother, your son, your dad, out there, whomever. You wouldn't want them to be he, – he even said, hey, Tommy Pham sucks. Like, I can live with that. Mm -hmm. like, if you want to yell that, fine. The rest of it we don't have time for. And it's BS. Let's be better. Let's be better human beings, okay? Take that challenge. I know we're running short on time. I want to tell you my heckling story real quick. It's yes. Pretty, I'm in high school, Dodger Stadium. We get these excellent tickets, like, right on the third baseline sean burrows is playing third base i'm looking up his stats there's pitchers hitting better than him so i'm not i'm not using any profanity but we're wearing him out like just wearing him out with his stats because they were really bad that year so finally he looks at us and flips us off and we were so happy oh my god so happy we're like you know that we, like, we won flash forward like i don't know six or seven years i'm teammates with sean burrows triple <laughs> <laughs> And I go, I said, Sean, do you remember like back in the day, Dodger Stadium, like a couple kids like wearing you out at third base, you flipped us off. He's like, oh my God. He's like, I freaking remember that vividly. Like that was you. Oh. So we had a really good laugh about that, man. And luckily he's a good sport about it. But yeah, that's full circle, man.
That is the best. <laughs> Sean Burroughs, by the way, Little League World Series hero. Yeah. yeah. He's a, he is a character. Oh, my God. That is a great story. That, that might be the – that might take it all. That's the <laughs> best funny. one. All right, last one. Rich Hill went batty last night. Gave up four in the first, including a couple of bombs, and went Rich Hill berserker. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who, which teammate had like the shortest fuse and the best snapping ability? Uh, Morneau didn't have the shortest fuse, but he had the best snap I've ever seen. He really, yeah, he's pretty calm and collected. He, but he's Canadian, so like they. They have that in them. Uh, he took a wooden bat, obviously, and I saw him break the steel pole, like the walking ramp, like the rail. He knocked that off the wall, a cement wall and the metal railing. Oh he beat it off with a wooden bat. I don't know how he did that, but he did it. it That's was impressive. impressive. <laughs> I mean, I thought Poppy going nuts in Baltimore where he, he took the phone <laughs> to the bullpen and went nuts because the next day they all come out and they've got like the big bandages over the, you know, over the phone. Yeah, that was funny. And he's laughing. It's, it was great. But seriously, like Rich Hill was in the middle of the dugout. Like I was like worried, like he's on his backswing. He was going to take somebody out. <laughs> I, I did. I threw my helmet one time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was so mad. I was young too. And it almost hit Michael Kadar, like went right by his face. Oh, and he looked at me. Like, with a look, I'll never forget. Never did that again. If you're going to yeah. go do it, you got to go down the tunnel, throw it. You do all you want down there. But, man, Rich, that was pretty funny, though, Rich Hill. Yeah. And then he bunted, the, like, right after that and got a hit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do you have coming up on John Boy? Uh, there's a – we our episode with Winker just premiered, so it's on YouTube right now. He was so He was so freaking good, man. Like, honestly, one of the best interviews we've done – it was just a conversation. It wasn't like we had to, like, pull teeth to get him to answer anything. Like, he was very funny and witty and um, talking about hitting. He's very knowledgeable, and it was just good. So that's out. Um, yeah, man. What do you got? So uh, we're just putting the finishing touches on tomorrow's episode. Trevor May of the Mets, uh, Austin Riley the Braves, who are actually in the midst of a series. So mm-hmm. pretty fun stuff. Uh and then just prepping for my Lucas Giolito show, I believe Dylan Cease, his teammate and fellow White Sox pitcher, will be joining us on Friday, and that will be ready to air on Monday is my guess. But we'll put a little teaser out on Friday. I'm sure maybe Josh Donaldson will come up at some point. I can't wait to see what Josh has to say to that. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, uh, I'll be coming to you from a special place. We might have to go early tomorrow. I don't know how early you can go. I can go as early as you want. Look at these bags under my eyes. You got me up early today, too. I know. I need my lotion, man. How bad, how bad is 7 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern? You know I can do it. I got the work ethic, man. Come on. I don't want to crush your, your summers, but that's – I'm ready. Yeah. Anything for you, C-Rose. You're the best. And we Thank appreciate you. everybody tuning in every day. You guys continue to grow this show. Thank you very much. Uh, if you can't make it live for whatever reason, we get it. It's on our YouTube channel. It's also in an audio form wherever you download your podcast. So keep consuming John Boy Media. We appreciate you making us your number one baseball destination out there. So thank you. We will see you again Thursday on this show, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Pluto, I'll send you a reminder. Gotcha. <laughs> Later, guys. Peace.